Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode here on Sticks and Bones with your ghost host on the Haunted Mansion ride today, Chelsea and Ten. Hi, Ten. How are you? I'm good. I just got off of the Haunted Mansion ride last night, and I know you saw it a few weekends ago, and yes. man, it was everything you said and more. I did not expect to cry mm-hmm. as much as I did as uh, I am coming into the driveway of 30 years old. Why was I bawling? I don't know. At a Disney movie? It had really good, like, an overall very good theme of grief yes. and, like, um, very dark undertones that I didn't expect for a very funny movie. So, yes. yeah, while it was funny, you know, Disney does that where it's, like, when you actually look into the lore and the stories, um, especially Snow White, like, that movie is dark. Yeah. Dark. Or even, like, you rewatch, like, funny lighter ones and you see, like, the darker jokes in there. Yes. Like, as a kid, you're not going to pick up on them. And I think it hit me the most when I was rewatching Hercules, like, a few years ago. And I caught, like, really dark, like, Oedipus jokes that they made. Yep. And I was like, where was I the entire time? Because holy shit, Disney. I know. I think it kind of hits you as you get older where it's like these undertones are just so dark to some of the Disney movies. But it provides for a good story. I mean, even, like, Simba when Mufasa dies and we watch that happen. That's, like, a crazy thing. I absolutely refuse to watch the remake of that. It's not because it's not good. It's just I don't need to see Mufasa die again and absolutely sob when Simba comes across the body. I'm sorry. I I don't need that trauma. No, it's it's a dark thing. So, yeah, Disney movies are just like inherently dark, but the story is good. And then they have like these jokes mixed in. And it's like, whoa, what? Who's writing these? (laughs) But really, and it was it was so well done. And, you know, Kind of moving past the the haunted mansion of the early 2000s. Like, we'll just, we'll write that one off. One for fun. And this one absolutely had a story. And, you know, for people who are like, I didn't like it. It was supposed to be homage to the ride. And Mm. it really did a great job. Like, I cannot wait to go to Disney this year and, like, just go back on the ride again. I know. I know. My brother's going in August. And I was like, if you do not film every single thing in the haunted mansion and send it to me, I know I can find it on YouTube, but I need to feel like I'm there. I need and like I see all the times on like Instagram reels and stuff and it's like um, the Haunted Mansion or like Pirates of the Caribbean and it's like you know that smell and that smell just hits like a dose of serotonin and you're like all my mental health problems are gone. I'm happy. I know. (laughs) Well, a little little sneak preview for Samhain. Um, We may have some homage to the Haunted Mansion. Yes. In our collection based on a certain type of spell. That we're not going to share right now. But, you know, Ten and I spent last week. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was last week. Yeah. Um, no, it was Monday. No, when was it? It was Friday. Was it was Friday. Friday. So two days ago. <laughs> it's Sunday, Chelsea. Oh, my God. I thought today was Thursday. That's where I'm at. Oh, my God. The days are just blending together. No, my week has just been so off that I'm, like, confused on the day. Okay, yeah. No, so two you. days ago. I was going to say, I just saw you and Danielle, like, recently. Was, was yes. that Monday? When was that? She was at work Monday. <laughs> Uh, two days <laughs> um we spent all day friday finalizing the halloween collection it is going to be incredible we have um a few more items coming out in september before the halloween collection that have to do with necromancy so we're modernizing necromancy practices from the greco-roman period and bringing it to the store um so for those of you that are adepts in spirit communication we got your back um and yeah there's gonna be some new italian folk products in the store that are just very dark and i'm very excited um one of them is inspired by judas so 
Um, it's, it's very exciting though. I've been working on some of them this morning, like trying to brainstorm and then I'll like take it to 10 to see what she thinks. So, oh yeah. All of this has also passed Danielle's, uh, got her sticker of approval as well. So it's gotten everything. We're super excited. (sighs) But yeah. Oh, I also looked at some of the Halloween products at Bath and Body Works this weekend. Mm -hmm. So I will give my two cents on that. Even though I'm not, I'm not, even though nobody asked <laughs> before you, you do that. Mm-hmm. I want to see where you land on this. I'm not enthused by the bath and body works line, but maybe that's just me. So I'm with you like 90%. Like there, there are some good things. Do not get me wrong. Like, yeah. Did I get the carriage that lights up to hold the sense? Absolutely. But that's really the only thing I got other than like the wall scents and like the hand soap scents because they were on yeah. sale but they're kind of shtick this year of what their theme is is kind of haunted mansion but more like haunted castle a lot mm-hmm. of the art used on like packaging and everything is going to be like stained glass mm. so it's it's an interesting take but you know, if you don't like the sense, um, some of the stuff is pretty chuggy. Um, yeah. so it was really just like a different take, but you know, there is going to be something for everybody there. And if you don't like any of the Halloween stuff, you know, they already have their fall stuff out, but Michael's their theme, which has been kind of heavy the last few years, they're going back to the Edgar Allan Poe. Like, yeah, heavy. I didn't, I didn't like the Michael stuff when I went. Um, also, mm-hmm. when I went, it wasn't on sale. Like, usually there's a certain time of year where they just put everything yes. 40% off before Halloween. So I'm like, I'm not paying full price for this. But I saw, like, they had, like, the pink and the green line of, like, the ghost. And yes. it was, like, pink and lime green. I thought that was cute. It's not my style, but it's cute. It is cute. Um, Yeah, they're going back to, like, the dark romantic theme. I don't know. I'm not entirely thrilled with the Halloween collections this year. And yeah. they're okay. I'm not like, oh, my God, I need to have it. It's... Like, I don't know how else to put this, but, like, I love I love the work of Edgar Allan Poe. Like, yeah. that dark, messed up mind of his, love it. But it's like they want to go dark academia, and so does Bath and Body Works. Like, they want to go for that dark academia, like, that vampiric sense. But they have to pump the brakes and make it, like, fruity and, like kitschy in a sense of like yeah. it needs to be like flamboyant and it needs to be like bright color so it has an air of darkness but when you look deeper it's like these giggly gaggly ghosts that are like yeah. watermelon colors and you're like you lost me you had me in I the know. first half not gonna lie <laughs> it's also just like super expensive they keep raising the prices every year and i pick things up and they're just like plastic it's just like very poorly made and i don't know i used to like really fall for all that shit but i'm like I'd rather invest in a piece that actually is like from mm-hmm. a dark academia collection if I'm yes. going to keep it in my house full time. Like, don't get me wrong. I have some of those chuggy pieces from Michael because I like them. But I think some of them are just very heavily overpriced. Like when you pick it up, it just falls apart and you're like, I'm not paying $60 for this. Sorry. And even Bath and Body Works, like some of the stuff that I saw didn't look too well made. I have to go see it in person, but definitely that is my thing go see it in person yeah. because what i thought i wasn't gonna like i did like yeah but not enough to press purchase like no right that makes now. sense i feel like that's how it is every year though i don't know i feel like halloween is getting so competitive every year with retail that they keep trying to like outdo the last year and i feel like they just can't like i don't know i think i need like a change up in the halloween market no 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 you're so right because it's like they're trying to outdo themselves that they end up losing mm-hmm. like 
you're in a competition with yourself from last year or two years ago or whatever have you, and you're trying to outdo it to the point where it's not even Halloween anymore. No, I totally agree. It's like, okay, let's just go back to basics, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. And maybe like lower the prices because that's highway robbery, man. I mean, it's in this economy. I'm not paying in $70. This economy? Oh. I'm not paying $70 for your half done wallboard like that says we are the daughter of the witches that you can't burn. I'm not paying for it. Nor do I want that nonsensical no. stuff in my house. No, I don't either. But yeah, I don't know. I am super excited for Halloween this year, though. And um, I know Home Goods. Home Goods is always my jam with the Halloween stuff. So I always get like mm-hmm. the mugs, and I have way too many mugs and teacups. And I, I think they always really do a good job. So I'm very excited to see like what TJ Maxx, Home Goods, Marshalls has, or Burlington. I'm excited to actually be here for fall this year and enjoy it because Kevin and I were just talking. I was like, you know. As much fun as like we did have last like September, we were gone 90% of September and then I jumped into October and then it was over and I was like, I lost all of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, before we dive into the episode, just a friendly reminder, our summer collection is still on sale. You can only get it in August. Speaking of fall, we're going to be wrapping up the last of our summer collection by the 30th and then September 1st, we are having our first launch for the necromancy stuff and we're also redoing um queen persephone's candle it's now switching over to a darker aspect for the fall equinox where she becomes the queen of the underworld and we celebrate her return back to hades um on the fall equinox so the chthonic altar boxes you guys got the sneak peek of those candles and have them already and i i love that candle it just looks so it it like encapsulates fall and like her vibe i feel like it really does like Every time, like, we do color, like, I truly try my hardest to, like, match the color to whatever the thing is. And I will ask Chelsea, like, no, no lie, like, hand to God, 500 times, is this color good enough? What about this color? What if I go a shade darker? Oh, too much shade lighter. Like, and Chelsea's like, it's good. (laughs) I know. I know. You pumped out one of those candles and you were like, I don't like the color. And it was for the store. And I was like, I'm obsessed with this color. I think... It's kind of like we get the same vision almost. I'm like, this is exactly what like I had seen in my head of when we were deciding these candles and what they were mm-hmm. going to look like, because we really do draw upon like our connection to the Chthonic and like how we view them and how they want to be viewed. And um, we try to associate different colors with them based on, you know, our personal gnosis and like what we just think. But <laughs> I thought the Persephone one came out fire. Yeah, but you know me. I'm just a I'm just a stressed gal with that. I I it has to be perfect, and if it's not in my mind, and I I know reproduce that way, it's it's the end of the world for me. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if you guys noticed this because I did post on our Instagram. Um, Persephone is kind of a mixture of Hades and Hecate's colors together because the way that we view them is that Hades is death, even though he doesn't bring it. He rules over the underworld. Mm-hmm. Hecate is the liminal, so she's in between like that purple color, and then you have like this burgundy red cranberry cranberry uh for queen persephone um returning home because she's a little bit lighter because of the life aspect but also she's still queen so it kind of looks like hecate and hades mixed together hecate hades mixed with dark academia meets royalty it also smells it smells like fall the scent is pomegranate cider but you could smell it it smells like fall has entered the house so i'm like I need that candle. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. I need it. <laughs> um, but anyway, today we're talking about spiritual possession. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I never realized I never said how I was doing. How are you doing, Chelsea? <laughs> <laughs> the 10 always forgets to ask me. I am Hi, such 10, a bad how are you? person. No, it's okay. Hi, 10, how are you? Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> how are you, Chelsea? <laughs> 
Oh, I am good. I'm fine. Um, I hope everyone really enjoyed the Cersei episode that we did last week. Um, fun fact, I've actually been doing some worship towards Cersei and getting into that sort of practice. So I'm very interested to see like what happens. I didn't, I don't know why I didn't realize you like couldn't worship Cersei. I just didn't know, you know, we also have a candle for her in the store too, but yeah, she, she's really awesome. I really love working with her energy and the worship of her. She's definitely different. She's built she, different. She's awesome and different. And I, I love everything like about her, you know, mythologically and stuff. It's just like the wand. Like she is like the OG yeah. witch with the wand. And I'm not a wand kind of gal. No, I think if I can actually shoot stuff, like I think it'd be different if like magic transpired that way in the physical of like mm-hmm. we can transform things with a flick of a wand. But that's just not the way that it works. <laughs> so no. I don't think it gives like the the effects that we want it to. you're right yeah otherwise i'd be on my roof every night like yeah of course you'd be like (laughs) killing the beetles off your plants with your wand right because you don't have to do it with like neem oil you'd be using your wand but i agree i'm not a wand gal um but i have seen many old wand shops that people just use and as part of their practice and like they direct energy with it to cast circles and i think it's cool it's just not my thing yeah i would like love to have them like as like a curiosity like in a cabinet like Mm -hmm. that but not use them like there's so many gorgeous ones out there it's just i don't feel like i could take myself seriously if i used them no i I would look ridiculous that's that's a me thing (laughs) yeah no it's definitely a self self self-confidence thing i'm the same way but i do have a video game recommendation that i just got yesterday Ooh, hit us with the good stuff okay so it actually is about witchcraft um it's called wildflowers it's been out for a while wild is spelled w y L-D? Instead of W-I-L-D, I think it's spelled W-Y-L. I got to look it up. <laughs> this It's throwing me off because of the Y. <laughs> now, is this a cozy game? What kind it's of a, game are we talking oh, about? It's a cozy game. Um, so it is a farming sim. Um, but it's not just like farming sims kind of get boring. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, W-Y-L-D-E, flowers. So you basically move to this like town to help your grandmother because she's older and she's getting sick so the story is so crazy so you basically like lived in a city your fiance left you you lost your job and um you needed just like a change so you move in with your grandma who lives on like this very small town it's like Mm -hmm. there's 22 people that live there that's it and (laughs) your grandmother you find out she's like a witch so you become part of the coven and like you basically rebuild the town, you grow crops, you are a witch at nighttime and you wear like these masks and there's a high priestess and like a sorceress and a, a fair seer, I think they call him. And it's some of the townspeople, but you don't know who they are because they have masks on. And there's like this weird church that's in town called like the church of higher consciousness. And people are like getting a weird vibe about it, but they're getting a weird vibe because they think there's witches on the island. So I haven't gotten any further than that oh my gosh the guy in the town is like spewing his like 5d ascension propaganda like he's asking me to help him and like print papers and you have to like make a decision are you gonna help him or not i'm not you said no (laughs) i cannot my grandmother in the game was like you know i think this guy's got like a bad head on his shoulders and you're like you know what it's giving weird you know (laughs) it's giving 5d nonsensical starseed neo-nazi propaganda Yes. But what I love about this is that there's voice acting. So everybody you talk to has like a different narrated voice and their stories are so fulfilling. Like everyone has a background story that kind of unfolds, which is very Mm -hmm. different for a farming sim. It's usually boring. You know, there's normally just like tasks, not like interpersonal relationships. Yes. There's like full blown stories going on here. So 
I've been loving it. It's excellent. And you can find it on PC. This should just sponsor me <laughs> and switch. <laughs> oh my I gosh. think it's, it's found elsewhere, but it's, it's a cute, it's a cute game for those of you that are interested. It's for anybody. It's, yeah. it's for everybody. So yeah, I had to give an update. Oh, that's perfect. I'm gonna have to pass that on to my sister. I know. I meant to tell you guys, tell your sister. She probably knows about it already. It's been out for a while. I think someone actually emailed us and, um, at our inbox and recommended it to us. And I was like, oh, this is already on my list. Like I'm downloading it today, but thank you for reminding me. <laughs> the good people. Yeah, I do. take. We do take video game suggestions. If you're like, want to pass something along, I, we could talk about this for an hour. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so fun, but we can't because today talk about today, it. We Gotta are talking it. about spiritual possession and I don't want to hear it because you know what you're here because 10 and I talk about weird, crazy things. This is what our foundation of our podcast was built on. We have tried weird, crazy things. Some weird, crazy things that are taboo to you are part of our practice and other practices that are documented. Um, And spiritual possession is one of those things that gets a really bad reputation because of Hollywood and the church. It's it's always them too, you know? Yeah. But with how much like taboo like different left side of the park kind of stuff that we talk about i'm like damn we are just like the weird sisters of like sabrina you know like but see like i don't think we're weird i think people are weird for not looking deeper (laughs) into things like i'm like you know i never believed in, in the exorcism like that movie i never believed like anything could have that much power where you're like head is cracking and you're spinning all over the place like first of all you would just die yeah. um but I don't know. I I find it weird when people don't dive deeper into things mm-hmm. and just accept things for what they are, you know? Accept it and are only want to see like I guess like the lighter side of it and it's like not everything in this world has both, you know, light and dark, good and bad, whatever you want to call it. Um because one cannot exist without the other. That's just not how balance works. For sure. And also like spiritual possession um, obviously y'all know, like we have a friend of the podcast, Polka. She's part of a close practice. Like I've talked to Polka about spiritual possession before mm-hmm. and they call it being mounted by spirit. So it is found in ATRs, close practices. Um, it's found in a practice of mine that I just don't talk about. And it's like, you know, it's not really that, that weird. Now, are there yeah. bad possessions that happen? Sure. Absolutely. Sure. That's why priests provide exorcisms, right? They can exercise your home. I mean, your house can be possessed, right? Like it's correct. But I think like this whole and and Ten was going to give us a definition in a second. Like we both came out with the same definition. It's the dictionary definition of what possession is. But I think it's lack of understanding what possession actually means, and that it's really an umbrella term. It really is because to get to the spiritual stuff wasn't even the top two like definitions. No. no. So Ten, what is the definition of possession based on Dictionary.com? I'm so glad you asked. The first one is the state of having, owning, or controlling something, you know, mm-hmm. a possession. I possess a phone, right? Um, an item of property or belonging to something or someone. And the third is the state of being controlled by a demon or spirit. Mm-hmm. But even, and Chelsea and I were talking about this earlier, even in that last kind of statement, it's just that. It's a neutral statement. It's just stating it as a fact. It's not, it's the evil possession that led to the death of blah, blah, blah. It's, yeah. it's not this horror story. It is simply saying the state of being controlled by something. Right. 
And I have um, experience with spiritual possession. Like I said, it's part of one of my practices that I just don't talk about. Um, And I even think of possession as an umbrella term. Ted and I really talked about this today because as experience with people who can channel and, uh, you know, also are psychic mediums, I find that like I do when I go into that state, it is a minor possession for me. So for example, um, I consider like channeling quote unquote can be possession depending on your skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think certain types of mediums have the, um, uh, have the power to be possessed. Like I've talked about full body mediums before physical mediums that allow a spirit to take over their body while they take a back seat to deliver a message. Yeah. Um, in a way I minorly get possessed during my mediumship readings when I'm feeling emotion, when they're changing. Like my dad always tells me and my clients have always told me I take on the personality of that person and they Mm -hmm. feel like they're sitting and having a conversation with their deceased loved ones. That is possession to me. Your dictation changes, your mannerisms, movements, um, all of that kind of stuff. No, it's, it's an, it's real. And yeah. Is it possession in the same way that, you know, the exorcist has, showing it to be on the big screen? No, but these still kind of fall under that because whether it be psychic mediums today or, um, you know, individuals in close practices being mounted or, you know, in the ancient world of like priestesses and um, oracles, they understood that it was consensual and that it was almost kind of a way to tie the spiritual through them being the physical. Like they need kind of like an anchor in a sense. A hundred percent. And that's how I see it. You're like the doorway almost that they need to walk through. And Mm -hmm. this is why I always say like spiritual hygiene in my practice is so important because if I do not have my strength for this, could you imagine being like a gate almost for a spirit to use me as a vessel or conduit to speak to somebody, know how much energy that takes. After I do a mediumship reading, I'm done for like two days after. It's it's done. Yeah. yeah. Done. Yeah. Like especially when it's um live ones are different, but when it's like one-on-one in person, like and I'm channeling someone for a half hour to 40 minutes, it's just I'm allowing someone to like minorly take over for a second with consent and like a lot of boundaries and experience and protection to deliver that message. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, there's also possession on the quote unquote bad side of things where a spirit has taken over somebody's body and it's just wreaking havoc. So yeah, those things do happen. How often do they happen? I don't think it's as often as the world makes it seem, to be honest with you. It's a very hard thing to do. Correct. Yes. But it can happen. Well, it can happen. And I think it happens because people don't use protection when they leave like so I'm just going to use an example, right? We've heard of astral projection or going into trances, right? Where mm-hmm. you are leaving your body to quote unquote, walk the spirit world, right? Um, mm-hmm. they, did, they did show this. They in did this. Yes. What did they try to call it in Haunted Mansion? A reverse seance. Yeah. I even think in seances too, right? When you're inviting a spirit in and like they sometimes do take over the body of somebody. Yes. You need to have some form of protection on you, right? Because you're leaving your body unattended. Correct. So I think sometimes it does happen to people that way. Um, I'm not sure the other ways around that it happens where like a a normal person would just be possessed. I feel like there's got to be a lot of like checks and balances of what's going on of, you know, why is something like this inhabiting a certain individual? Is it, you know, there's a lot of other factors that are going on. Yeah. And and is it even true? You know, because when yeah. I think about how hard it is, I'm like, how are people just like 
doing it? You know, like, how are they just waking up possessed? Like, there's no way they had to have been doing something or I don't know. That's why I don't think it's as common as people think. Yeah. Cause then I wouldn't even, wouldn't even think it's like a possession at that point. Like if it's like a hitchhiking ghost kind of deal of like something follows you home and kind of mm-hmm. latches onto you. I don't think that's a possession. Like you just have yeah, an, an entity, something in your house know. or space. It's- Definitely can happen. It definitely can happen. I totally believe in it. And the Catholic Church believes in it because they train certain types of priests for exorcisms. And huh? I totally think it's real, like in that sense. Yeah, but I possession is like, again, another like spectrum. And yeah. it's like, it depends on like where you're putting like demonic possession versus like divine inspiration for like church writings or something. Mm-hmm. Or where are you putting the oracle at Delphi? Like, where are you putting things on your spectrum? Yeah. And then I think also something we have to take into account when talking about possession is mental illness. Yes. Um, So I would like to bring to your attention like the Salem witch trial. So they Mm -hmm. claimed like some of these women were having like hallucinations and saying crazy things, but they actually, or it could just be a certain type of poisoning. Some of them had mental illness and some of them actually had ergo poisoning, which was like a fungus that grows in bread that causes hallucinations. So it's like, are you hallucinating because of a hallucinogenic? Are you yes. acting out this way or is it a mental illness that is untreated? Um, people are seeing things that happens. So I think a lot of things have to come into or factor. Is it a lie? And we do have evidence of people going um, on the stand a year later and saying, I made it up. Oh, yeah. I think nine times out of 10, it's a lie. So one of the things that I see a lot of, which I do not buy this shit, I believe in like the church being able to exercise. Um, yeah, sure. They are using their own forms of like banishment. Yeah. Um, you know, with the power of Christ compels you, the holy water. Like I totally think priests do have that power when they know what they're doing. Only certain types get trained to do it. Yes. I want to have one on one day. But <laughs> I've seen on like the Internet. Oh, these, God. Yeah. Like, Christian pastors who claim that the power of the Holy Spirit runs through their body and they have like 20 people lined up and they just touch their forehead and they're like, Satan has been released. And like, they all just start to shrivel to the floor. And I'm like, there's no way there's 20 of you in the same room being possessed right now. There isn't, there's not every Sunday. Someone's possessed. Damn. You got, you guys got to pick my next six numbers for the damn lottery. Like, why are you guys shaking like that? That doesn't have why are Holy we shaking? Spirit activate. Yeah. Holy Spirit activate. Yeah, it's like it's so weird. Like the whole shaking to the floor and like falling to their knees, like having a heart attack. I'm like, I think I, it's just the placebo effect. If you ask me, I mean, like a modern aspect that like has been proven is you know Jim Jones and the whole mm-hmm. Jonestown everything. Crazy. Um, but when he was starting his ministry and everything, um, like the People's Temple. When he was going through this, he was actually seeing, you know, other churches and other parishes do kind of the same thing, not on the grand scale of like 20 at a time, but they would see, you know, these miracle healings happening in the church and the priest would come over and, you know, be, you know, healing them and they're saved and everything. And he saw that and he was like, wow, I'm a businessman and I'm going to do that. I'm going to charge people. So when he would go traveling um, throughout the West Coast, he would actually plant his own parishioners in the churches that he was going to be visiting. And then they would be the ones screaming, hissing, yeah. carrying on like they were being possessed. And then he would go up to them, knew who they were, absolutely, and, you know, perform a miracle healing on them. 
yeah, miracle, my ass. You were just being a crazy cult leader. That's what that was. <laughs> yeah. So it's also kind of the same thing as like it that is a con, con artist. And then you also have, you know, the Warrens later on also being like, it's a demon, it's a demonic possession. And with the uh the third conjuring of like the devil inside me um of that court case, the individual's brother came forward and said, my brother was dealing with a mental health crisis yeah. and the Warrens would not listen to us. So I know we're doing a deep dive, but definitely look into who these people are. Like the Warrens have so many allegations, like Jesus. Oh yeah. No, they are terrible people. And it makes me so sad that they made money off of just like craziness and it scares people. And Ted and I actually one day are going to dive into demons and like what demons actually are because we study everything paranormal here. And it's like, You know, I just think that, like, the entire spiritual community needs to take a chill pill with this kind of stuff. Like, mental illness does play into some of these things for people. And, like, what are their backgrounds with that? You know, and if you tell somebody something and then they convince themselves of that, right? And they're, and they're, they're struggling with a mental illness. It's like, that's a, what do you think is going to happen? It's a bad concoction, right? So, like, mental illness always needs to be taken in, in account for any of these things. Um, And, you know, I think the spiritual community does a really horrible job at like, you know, kind of cushioning this kind of stuff where it looks like everybody is doing these things. Um, Yeah. And it's as always, as we always say, it's normal before the paranormal. Yeah. So, you know, for sure. These are really, really hard things to do. And actually, in my own practice, we don't believe everybody can do it. Like, it doesn't make you special because you can. But I don't think that everybody is born naturally able to be a conduit or a vessel. Right. And don't forget, it takes a ton of things to kind of like your body has to be a certain way. Like, I'll give an example. Right. So this isn't everybody's practice and that's fine. But when I channel for Hikate, I'm not allowed to eat certain things beforehand. I mean, that makes sense to to me. I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. to me. It makes sense to me because, you know, that um, evokers for necromancy, they couldn't, they could only eat certain things before they raised the dead. So yeah. that would make sense that you can only do certain things. If you're a follower of a certain divinity or a certain religion, you might be vegetarian. You might be pescatarian. You might be mm-hmm. um, not able to eat certain um red meats on certain days and that's just kind of how like that practice goes and it's Mm -hmm. up to the individual to determine are you going to go kind of like full send i'm going to follow all of the rules or can i do certain things because i have dietary restrictions i have yeah of course i gotta modernize it you know chelsea can't have milk so can she give oat milk you know that kind of stuff (laughs) i was told no (laughs) but um yeah it's like you know, everyone's practice is extremely different. Obviously, you know, Ten and I practice more of a traditional way because that is what is asked of us most of the time. Um, and we like to modernize it. Plus, I like an era of tradition. Like, I really like knowing there were certain, like, sacred days that some of the ancients practiced, not all of them, right? Like, we know Depnon wasn't widely practiced by everybody. Um, and we know that we're missing a whole ton of information. But I love that there is something that is recorded that we can practice. That we can right? practice. That not only the ancients did, but people through the 11th century did. I know. I know. Like, there's something cool about reconnecting with that side of like ancient practices. Um, And so that's what we teach. Like, obviously, you don't have to do this in your practice. Um, Yeah. Wants to do anything. Like taking out like the spiritual side, which I like to do to like. Sometimes the spiritual is like a little much, and sometimes you got to bring it back to the physical. Mm -hmm. So I like to think it as. You know, as a historian and archaeologist and everything, I absolutely love that, like, this 
celebrating Hecate's Daphnon, for example, this little string, this little tether is connecting me to individuals thousands of years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. And it's this little string that we continue to carry on today and we tie our little knot in it and we pass the string to somebody else. And it's like through history, you see this little golden thread pop up and it's like how many people interacted with this. And to me, that's just like nothing comes close to that. No, I totally agree. And like just the fact that there's something that we have that we can practice. You're right. Like take the spiritual out of it because obviously Hellenism isn't all about spirituality being spiritual and tarot cards it's it's a belief system so Mm -hmm. we practice on both of those scales like it is my belief system so i am going to go the extra mile and do these things and you know i just feel like when you go the extra mile you get the extra mile i mean it's kind of the same thing if you want to make it like a comparison to christianity like there are some people who go every sunday and then there are the christers who only go christmas and easter yeah no a (laughs) hundred percent um but shall we talk about possession and where can you find it in ancient history who was doing it do you have any oh. information on who was doing it because well, i don't think that i just made this up right i think this is the <laughs> no thing. I, I can speak on this chelsea did not make up possession uh, some people are gonna folks. think that i make up possession and that i'm this all-seeing witch that shoots things off of my roof deck no. but unfortunately a lot of the things that we say are based in archaeology <laughs> history so you know me i got you um you heard it here for- first uh possession yes. While not termed possession, does exist. So let's kind of start with um, let's start with ancient Greece first, and then we'll go into a specific example because you know the Dionysus cult is doing the same shit. Oh yeah, I when we had like discussed this this morning of like, okay, where do we see this? Mm-hmm. Um, the cult of Dionysus was the first thing that came up to both of our right. minds. Of, the cult of Dionysus. Hello, hello, <laughs> hello. So, okay, let's talk ancient Greece, which, you know, the cult of Dionysus is there too, but we're starting before. Okay, so spirit possession is not exactly a really explicit or strictly defined category, Um, but what historians consider to be possessed by a spirit falls under the broader category of mantis, which roughly translates into seer. Mm-hmm. And the seer in the ancient sense is a professional diviner, right? We're thinking of priestesses. We're thinking of prophetess. We're thinking of the oracle at Delphi, like the oracle at Dodona, the oracle at Claros. Like we are thinking of the big oracular sites. And this individual was actually committed to bridging the gap between the gods and humans, which today is kind of the job of La Popa himself. Mm-hmm. Right, right. People vote on the Pope and that's what he does. The priests in church, right? They are on a lesser scale. They are the ones that are speaking the word of God. They are called to it. The nuns, right? On a much lesser scale. Like there's a hierarchy of things. And I don't know why this is such a weird taboo conversation. Like when we bring this up in terms of Hellenism and high priestesses and oracles, it's not a weird thing when it's always something that's been done, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, you're always going to have people that are doing things on behalf of divinities because they're called to do so. It's a call. It's like an Absolutely. innate calling that you have. Absolutely. Right. And the Pythia, so the Oracle, the Pythia at Delphi was, of course, the most famous case of this mm-hmm. where she actually undergoes what today many would call spiritual possession. 
And she was the oracle, of course, to Apollo. And when she went into the Adaton underground and she sat on her stool with a tripod and she inhaled the uh, fumes, she, you know, heard or translated um, Apollo's presence and then uttered his response to a human client who came forth to make an inquiry of the god. And, you know, during this time, many people say that the Pythia at um, Delphi went into a trance. Mm -hmm. So a trance-like state of, it doesn't necessarily have to be like full body possession where you take on mannerisms, but this trance-like state of maybe the Pythia had a thousand yard gaze going on, not really there, kind of looking like she's zoning out, but is still Mm -hmm. uttering words. That is that trance. So minor possession, if you will. That's a really hard thing to do. I that's not something that I do, or I don't know if I can do that. Like getting yourself people that trance or that do trance work are so cool because they have to hold, like they have to remove themselves from like their own mind so like something else can come in. Do you know how hard that is? That that hurts my brain. Like I don't have that kind of trust. No, I I mean like I just I would snap out of that so fast. Like there's no way I can hold. See, like trance work is not for me, but some people do it and they get messages that way. Uh, that's it's so cool. cool. So cool. So Herodotus, our good man Herodotus, he actually um, uses the term taken by God when referencing spiritual possession, right? Mm Because they are channeling them. And he also uses um, it attached to carried by the divinity. And one term often used in reference to the possession is specifically amongst the Dionysian worshippers is ecstasy. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this, ecstasis. Mm-hmm. And in Greek, ecstasy can refer to an abrupt change in mind and indicates that one does not quite seem to be oneself, being mm-hmm. out of one's body. Mm-hmm. But ecstasy does not necessarily mean that a spirit has entered your body or that the soul has left. Rather, um, there is another term that Plato uses, entheos, which implies that a god is actually like inhabiting the body. So Mm -hmm. more of a conduit in that sense, I would say. But we also have possession rites in orgiastic worship, and these involve initiation rites, right? Mm -hmm. These involve initiations, where initiations found in close practices, in mystery cults and mystery religions, because not everybody was allowed in. And (laughs) could you imagine, like, I think I would be so pissed if I got turned away. I'm like, I'm going to join the cult of Dionysus. And they're like, no, sorry, bud. He said, no. I'd be like, oh, (laughs) oh, (laughs) like, I already know, like, I can't get into the cult of Mithras because that was only for men. But like, damn, I I would be out there with a mustache and I would try (laughs) a trench coat. Me and Chelsea, Chelsea's on my shoulders. We're in a trench coat. We are a man. (laughs) We are man. Entry place. (laughs) Entry place. Yeah. Yeah, You know what? I think we, we could sell it. We, we could pull it off. (laughs) Um, but with the Dionysian, uh, possession, um, this is extremely and entirely consensual, intimate, and reciprocal. So not only are you getting something, but the god is getting something as well. And the god, in this case Dionysus, could bring about extreme joy and ecstasy or extreme pain and loss. Because remember, within mystery cults and mystery religions, you are going through uh, an aspect of death. You don't Mm -hmm. die, but you're going through death. You're going through grief. You're going through that process. And then when you come out of it, you feel lighter. It's this... um, kind of like almost like happy ending you get salvation at the end like all of this stuff so it's really like cyclical and um 
spirit possession amongst these kind of groups are just a major component of their their mystery rites. And it's actually a method of growing closer to a divinity, of course, Dionysus in this example. And it's really typical for his cult and the cult of the Mater, which is a mother goddess. So it could be mm-hmm. the Magna Mater, uh, the great mother goddess, um, but stuff like that. But it's really indicative that even in the um, mystery cults, not everybody could do it. And then when you take it on an even like smaller scale of evidence that you're pulling from, when you look at the Pythia, the Oracle, not everybody was an Oracle. Mm-hmm. Not everybody was chosen. Not everybody had the innate gifts to be chosen as the Oracle at Delphi. And we even see that with the Vestal Virgins in Rome. Out of the six girls you served 30 years, not every girl in Rome was going to make the Vestal Virgins. Not everybody right. makes varsity, you know? No, I get that. So not everybody in the ancient world would have had these gifts to, you know, be possessed or be a professional diviner or a seer or go through mantis. And the ancients understood that, like they were more than okay. That's why they made pilgrimages and they went to these oracular sites. So it's it's very different today that, you know, I see a lot of times of people wanting it and there's, if it's not happening, like don't, don't get down on yourself, like. It's it's not for everybody. You might excel at something else. You might excel at trance work, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, it is not for everybody. And actually, like, it that's even found in my own Italian folk practice. Like, it mm-hmm. is, you know, there are some things in Italian folk that I am just genuinely not good at or, like, I have not been initiated, quote unquote, initiated into in my family because it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I wish I could do it, it's things <laughs> that, like, I can't do, right? Um Believe it or not, there's like a certain aspect of death in Italian folk magic that I'm not I'm not initiated into that I cannot practice, I cannot do because I just can't do it. And that's okay, which I find really interesting. And I'm not gonna lie, it was like a little bit of a hard pill to swallow when I was like talking about it because mm-hmm. I love death and it's everything to me. But in my own folk practice, it's not something that like is a gift that comes naturally to me. Wow. Damn. It's a certain type of thing that we do that I just I just it, don't have it. Your your gifts and skills are needed elsewhere. Right. Actually, this is crazy. And I kind of understand why it's set up this way is because I practice so much death and Hellenism, my Italian folk practice, I excel in the healing and life aspect. That's fascinating because you need that balance yes. of life and death. You know, otherwise it's going to be like too much one way and that's never a good sign. Yeah, I'm good on the um, cures end where like I can help for the evil eye, um, the rebirth stuff, like working on like fertility. Like I'd probably be really good with like pregnant women. I've never tried that. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. still learning how to do it because it's heavy in my folk practice. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why like, you know, I love worshiping Mary because I feel more drawn to her than I do in like the death sense of like the practice. Okay. Um, Yeah. And I feel more drawn to like the fertility goddesses, like Fortuna and everything in a sense, and like just the abundant stuff. But it's interesting because you would think, since I'm a death girl, and I'm being honest with you guys, like I was so upset that I couldn't practice the death stuff in my folk practice. But I also understand why. Yeah. No, it it makes a lot of sense. And I mean, in a sense, you know, with Mary or saint work, and even like looking at the apostles and stuff they too were being minorly possessed or mm-hmm. people who work 
and Mary works through them. That is minor possession. You know, the Holy Spirit went through the apostles um, to write the gospels. So that also does categorize as possession. But again, not everybody is going to have that same skill. So where Chelsea does death on one end, you know, there's healing on the other. Where somebody in the Dionysian cult had ecstasy, somebody may have had abundance elsewhere. Yeah, I think certain people like have roles and jobs that are suited for them. And Mm -hmm. like, don't try to make something fit when it doesn't. Like, I've talked about how like I tried to work in Norse paganism and that didn't work for me. I was not connected to it. And like I said, I'm not drawn to the death side of my folk practice, which shook me to my core. Like, I was genuinely like, I don't even like practicing any of it you know mm-hmm. like it's it's just not for me it's not something i'm called to so you know i think everyone finds something that fits with them and sometimes it's just worship sometimes it's like you know i'm really good at just pulling tarot cards i'm really good at like going into dream prophecies or trance like states but not everybody is good at everything and not everything is for everybody and yes. i don't i think that needs to be normalized more of like not everyone's going to excel in being possessed by a spirit. It might not even be something that you like. You might try it and be like, okay, that was crazy and I'm never doing it again. Yeah. I mean, again, taking it out of spiritual, not everybody makes varsity. Sorry. No, it's the truth. And I'm there's a ton of things that I'm not good at. Like I really am so bad with herbalism and it's a huge part of my practice, right? Because I have to forage and find things from the ground. It's the hardest part. I'm I don't, not I'm good not at great. that. No, I suck. I fucking suck at it. I'm not um, good at crystals. I I took geology like I, I know I know geology is rocks but like I took geology in college and like the one for like the majors not just like the 101 class and man I tried I really did and it's just like I I don't know the difference but I can tell you to tell the difference between a bone and a pot shirt you yeah. lick it like that's all I can tell you. That's where my that's where my knowledge ends. No, it'd be crazy to think that you'd be good at everything, you know, like that. That you'd be that's insane to think you'd be good at everything and I don't think yeah. you can like specialize in something if you're good at everything. So, you know, don't yeah. don't get down on yourself if you're like trying things and it's not working because maybe it's a reason why it's not working, right? Like yeah. some people aren't great at meditating. Some people are not good at astral projecting or going into that like spirit walk state or dream walking and it's like there's something out there. Um it's just maybe oh. not your calling. Absolutely. Or even if you're like trying to find like uh, a pantheon or something, or, you know, if you're just doing like your own research, like like a belief system, which is so hard to find, like where you fit. Yes. (laughs) Like I like, and for me, like, I wish, I wish like the saints and everything like called to me. Like I do like the beauty and like Catholic artwork and everything. Absolutely gorgeous. Like I admire from a distance, but I, it's, it's not for me. Like, I think my ending is like first century Rome. Like that's as far it. as I can get with pantheons. And it's just like, I wish I could, but I can't. It's not for I, me. I understand. There's certain boundaries I draw in my own Catholic folk practice that I'm just like, you know what? I'm not fully immersed in this because uh, I still practice Hellenism and I don't really know about the rest of this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or even like I don't in really my own. know. In my own like academic work, like one of my best friends um, specializes in like frescoes and I'm sitting here like, that's really cool. I wish I knew about frescoes and like color and everything, but I'm a metals girl. I love weaponry and combat. Like we're, we all don't need to be doing the same thing. I know it's, it's really weird. And I think like people will have you thinking that of like, 
Yeah. Everyone needs to do this one thing or, you know, just because I'm talking about spirit communication doesn't mean it's something that you guys are going to be interested in doing. I'm just out here sharing my weird, my, my weirdness, because like I said, it's just something that I enjoy. I am not only good at it. And I will say that I'm an enthusiast where yeah. I will try things mm-hmm. Um, after I got over like my fear of things. I will, I will try <laughs> things, but that's my kind of like my job is to normalize the paranormal. Like that's what I really find purpose in of showing people that they can partner with the spiritual plane and not, not demonize everything. Like everything's okay. It's okay to talk to your ancestors. Everyone can do that. Absolutely. And even though like, you know, we, we both, you know, do a lot, you worship the Catholic devotees and everything. I, we still will ask each other questions. We, to many might look like we're doing the same thing, but I can guarantee you. No. We are asking each other different things, building off of each other, because if you don't know everything, I'm going to go to the main source. I'm going to go to the original post. I'm going to Chelsea. And the same thing with her. She is going to come to me. Ten, I saw this. Is this site real? Is this is this real? You know? Yeah, I'm not an expert in archaeology. Do I look like I I don't have my doctorate? Like, that's not for me. It's it's cool. I love when Ten talks about it, but I'm not sitting here like claiming to be a doctor of archaeology because I'm fucking not. Even though I have a PhD, I'm also going to go to my my two friends and be like, I, know. I, I don't know shit about seals or uh, or frascos. Like, can you guys help me? And it's like, we can all help each other. We can all specialize and still help. Yeah, it's um like I said, I get on here to share about my experiences because there's some people that probably practice. I mean, I know there's people that practice these things. Like I said, polka and an ATR, they have like um, ATRs are interesting and I've learned a lot. So I can I'm going to give credit where it's due, though. Polka Hotness gave me this information. We've had her on the podcast. Listen to her two episodes. I think it's 40 and like 46. Um, They have certain roles and jobs because not everybody is good at everything. Like not everybody is good at being mounted by a spirit. Not everybody can use the certain divination tools that they use. Like not everyone has that job. And it's like, I kind of understand that. Like not everybody is good at everything and not everybody can do everything. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Not everybody got to be Oracle at Delphi. Not everybody got to be like, do you even want that Vestal Virgin? Do you want to be a Vestal Virgin? Like I don't know. No, no, I don't. And I will tell you why, Chelsea, because know, when I'm shit scared. got bad with Rome, they yeah. were the first to be blamed and they were buried alive. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, they're always the first to go. And it's like, do you, yeah, want that. <laughs> do, you want that? do you want that smoke? No, like, I'm not jealous of nuns, to be honest with you. Like, I understand that they love their job and it's an innate yeah. calling and I respect the shit out of it. Like, the ones that are not crazy and are good and actually are, like, about Jesus. But they have to live in a covenant and, like, they can't do anything else. Yeah. You know? But that was consensual choice. They had that calling. Of course. That's it's their a calling. job. It's yeah. a job. It's a calling. It's like something that they're 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 born for this. If if you would say like it is something that is that they are always meant to do. And like I even had a neighbor. Like his son was a priest. His only son. He was so upset about it. He like never got married, and he was called to be a priest. And wow. like his parents, like they were his only child. So, like I'm sure they didn't take that too well. Of like my, no my only son is becoming yeah right. No grandkids, but he mm-hmm. became a priest because that's what he believed in. Yeah, because. The Holy Spirit came through him and he was called to do it. Listen, more power to you. Um, But yeah, so I thought it's interesting that it was found in ancient practices because I'm sure that it is. It can be found in many of different places. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's interesting how you brought up the Holy Spirit because it's true. Like even in church, like the priest is channeling the Holy Spirit when he's blessing things like 
you know, there's just so much of that going on. And we're using like Christianity and Catholicism as a base point. So like everyone can understand what we're talking about, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not as weird as people make it out to be. No, it's even like explicitly seen in artwork. Mm -hmm. Um, There's two, I'm going to send it to you after this podcast. Um, There's two done by um, Caravaggio in the 1600s and they both depict St. Matthew writing. Uh, The first one is called St. Matthew and the Angel. And in this depiction, the angel is actually like leading his hand as he's writing. Mm -hmm. And he was sought after to make this altarpiece. He got done with it. And the church was like, actually, this does not make it look like Matthew's doing anything. It makes Matthew look like a putz. And it's kind of making it look like he's illiterate and that the the angel is doing it. So we need to make the man look like he's doing it and that he's inspired by the Holy Spirit, that he's working with God on this. Mm-hmm. So then he, of course, comes up and he's like, all right, whatever. Um, He comes up with the inspiration of St. Matthew, where St. Matthew is writing. He's looking up into the corner and there's an angel kind of like directing him of like, hmm, maybe add this. So yeah. it's more of like a joint effort. Team. but. The original one where the angel's leading him, that was actually lost in World War II. Oh, I would love. Do you have an image of it? I do. I only oh, have yes. a, I have a black and white photograph, um, which has been colorized online, but it was unfortunately one damn. of the war losses. Damn, damn. I would love to see that. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it happens everywhere. And I'm sure like if you look into your own practice, you're probably like, oh damn. I can find mm-hmm. it. But um, I will talk about my experiences with spiritual yes. possession. It's not the possession that you guys think. So let's not get it twisted. All right. Everybody calm down. Um, it is normal. It's fine. And like I said, um, this, is, this is not the exorcist. She did yeah. not puke up green sludge. Jesus so Christ, every time I say something taboo, people just take what I say and say that I said something completely different. And I'm like, Everybody just stay calm, okay? We talk about taboo things here. This is what it is, and I'm going to be honest with you, so that's that. Um, And I, like I said, I am a hobbyist of spirit (laughs) communication. I have asked to experience spiritual possession because I was comfortable with it, and it's fine. Um, You know, and I knew I was able to do it because I do it in my mediumship reading. So, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I actually experienced it. being a full body medium. So there are physical mediums that take on the spirit in their own body as like a conduit. And it almost feels like, um, and this was like probably last year, um, when I was doing a lot of like one-on-one mediumship readings, it feels like you're taking a consensual backseat to your body and someone Mm -hmm. else is driving. It is so weird. Interesting. Driving Miss Daisy style. Yeah, it is really weird. And I'm sure a lot of other physical mediums will talk about it. But my whole entire like demeanor changes. I also find this when I'm doing my readings on behalf of the Chthonic, where it's like minor, where like my vocabulary changes, my tone changes, my face changes, my hand gestures change um, and things like that. And you can kind of tell when the vocabulary switches up like you. Not that I'm not an eloquent speaker, but, you know, you can kind of tell when it's something else there. Um <laughs> But yeah, I was doing it in a client session one time because I had wanted to try it and um, it was insane. Like I I probably would never do it again. Um, it is found in one of my practices that I do, but it's not something I practice often at all. It takes a okay. whole lot of energy to do. And um, it is just very interesting to be taking a backseat to your own self, you know, mm-hmm. but it's consensual. It's done with protection, you know, like. It wasn't like I just said, okay, shop's open. Somebody jump in. Let's go. Like, 
you know, it was for a personal friend and I knew like what was happening and who was coming forward. And I had like known the spirit personally. So it wasn't just like, all right, anybody (laughs) come on in. Um, and yeah, it takes, it takes a lot of trust and respect and, you know, like it's, it is a really crazy thing. I mean, no doubt, but how you describe it, like that just makes me really like reflect back to, you know, the Dionysian mysteries of it is extremely, you know, consensual and personal and Mm -hmm. everything does change and everybody would have like picked up on that, you know? Yeah. It's, um, it's also really easy for me to kind of like go into that state almost. And I never knew I could do it. It was actually suggested that I try it by my ancestors because mm-hmm. as, you know, at this point in time, I was just trying different forms of spirit communication because I yeah. obviously knew what I was doing. And so um, they had said like, you know, maybe being a physical medium would be great for you because you're very good at it. It's like what you do. And I tried it. Like I said, it was an intimate thing. It was with a very close friend. Um, and I semi knew the spirit coming forward. So yeah, you do actually like see yourself taking a backseat to your body though. It's insane. Now that's interesting. Yeah. And I don't know if it works this way for everybody. You almost kind of feel like too, like, so I kind of felt like I still had some control. Like it wasn't a total thing. Um, I'm sure some people relinquish full control. I just don't because you know me. I have to have a hand on the wheel. I don't know what's going on here. So hand on wheel, like <laughs> hand yeah. on wheel. Um, but also too, like before the message came out of my mouth, it was already sitting in my head. Like I can't explain it. Yeah. I had ar- like the thought was already there and then it was coming out of my mouth. But it's you not know? your thought. No, it very clearly was not my thought. And like it's just there. You knew you you, you I know recognized you it, it, but it wasn't my thought. It was weird. It was just there. You saw it and you're like, that's that's not mine. <laughs> no, no. And like, I very much felt like that. Like, I felt like I knew where like my boundary was compared to like what I was channeling at the time. It was so crazy in like the most awesome way. And like, you know, um, this person told me after like they actually felt like they were sitting down and talking to the person. And I had asked them before this, obviously, like I wanted to try this. It was for a very good friend of mine. And um, I felt like they deserved to have like the full mediumship experience because this person had died really tragically Mm -hmm. um, and it felt like they were having a conversation with them. And even my face changed. It was I wish I had it filmed. Yeah, it was crazy. That's cool. But some some people like do that for a living. Um, Mm -hmm. I've seen it. um, I think there's a Netflix documentary that talks about death and there is a full body medium that like spirits come down and possess her body. And she talks to people that way. That's cool. And then she has to go to sleep after. Um, in Ghost, uh, Patrick Swayze, um, Whoopi Goldberg, they she does that historical one- evidence. I'm just kidding. Not historical, cinematic evidence. Would you but say it's like you know where are these where are they getting these from? Off of people's real life experience and stories, right? So once yeah. again, it's not that weird. Um, yeah. it wasn't. I thought it was a really beautiful experience. One I have not done since because, like I said, it just took way too much of my energy, and yeah. I I didn't really like it. Um, <laughs> wasn't for me. <laughs> not for me no, no but-, but see not everything's for me so that wasn't for me tried it said you know what chelsea let's just not <laughs> <laughs> try again never. never but you know it is interesting and you know spoilers ahead in case you are wanting to go see the uh haunted mansion so uh i'll give a few second break for you to skip ahead a hot sec yeah but they do actually showcase possession twice yeah and the one time the mannerisms and face does change Mm -hmm. but also the guy was going into you know the astral no protection no truly just 
raw dog in it and all of that kind of stuff. But I did find it interesting that they did capture it pretty on par, you know, with the Disney magic and everything. But it is interesting to see that. Well, like I said, why do you think they're capturing it this way? Because people are doing these things and it's documented somewhere where people are having these experiences, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I don't really... I don't think anything's out of the question for me in terms of spirituality. Like I believe no. in a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, just studying other people's practices, you know, like it doesn't make it demonic or weird. And yeah, I mean, like, let's talk about it. There are possessions where people do get possessed. Yes. By, yeah. Sometimes they're lesser demons. Sometimes they're spiritual entities. Um, I wouldn't know what they're called. I've never experienced anyone in that kind of state. Um, but I don't think it's as often. No. As we think uh because like i said it's hard to execute yeah plus like if that's being done like you there are specialists to call in certain mm-hmm. types of priests and everything who do have training and not everything is going to be what you see in hollywood and you know the damage that that does yeah um i had a few questions that i put in my inbox that i thought yes. maybe we can touch upon yes Oh, I was like, why did you text me? Is your computer dying? But no, you sent me the images. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. I was like, oh, my God. It must be an emergency. I know. Ten and, our, Ten and I are always like, oh, like, we'll leave our phones next to us just in case something happens. I yeah. My phone. I never <laughs> check my phone. It's always on D&D. There's um, an emergency happening live on YouTube. And Chelsea's just like, oh, man, Ten should text me. <laughs> okay. So. Someone asked me, which I kind of know where this is coming from, is Halloween the most active time for possession? Ah. So Halloween and Samhain get like a really weird reputation for being a time of like where demons are just running and like hiding in your pumpkins and possessing your kids. Um, I'm not saying that was the tone of this question that was being asked, but I think it kind of has those undertones of Mm -hmm. Halloween is the time where everybody gets possessed. Um, Samhain is the Celtic uh harvest festival and did i say that right Samhain, yeah it's um it's yeah it's their um it's a I harvest don't, festival i it's just also- had a total mind blank right now i don't know what just happened to me maybe i'm possessed <laughs> it's it's also like their celtic new year like that is like when they consider like the new year <laughs> i just like was going into this whole like dissertation on Samhain, and my brain just stopped <laughs> go on <laughs> just did you see the thought just go out of my head did we just see a live possessing possessing <laughs> Can I say the word correct? I don't know. Don't say that, Ten, because then people are going to say that. (laughs) Say it three times, just like Beetlejuice. (laughs) Yeah. Might just show up. (laughs) Okay. So I saw a while ago online, like, this video was rolling around of, like, these really Christian people saying that, you know, Samhain was the time that demons hide in your pumpkins and possess your kids, right? Um, But Samhain really is just the harvest festival. And yeah, the veil is thinner, like for spiritual communication. Um, But I don't, I would not say it is uh, a time where people are like just walking around the street getting possessed and shit. No, it's a fertility festival between the Morgan and the Dogda. And it's all about rejuvenation because during Halloween, um, at least for the Northern Hemisphere, I know our Southern Hemisphere friends, you know, your seasons are flipped. Mm -hmm. But for us up here, that is when things start to die. That is when we are bracing for winter, especially on the East Coast. And, you know, what were the people doing? They were doing certain fertility, abundance rituals, bonfires, and getting ready um, for everything to go into like the longer nights, the shorter days, all of that kind of stuff, everything getting cold, things dying and doing these certain um, rituals so that the earth would come back to life in the spring. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So it's not like a, a day of evil. Like, I think there's like a war on Samhain and Halloween of like, this is the day of evil. Satan is unleashing the demons and they're eating all the kids' candy. I, you know, the Sanderson sisters come back on Halloween, you know, they're getting your they kids. <laughs> they do. Um, okay. Does possession always have a catalyst or is it just completely random sometimes? So I think it has to have a catalyst just in my own experience with it. It needs to be mm-hmm. set up a certain way. I don't like, like I said, I would need to go in depth and study a case on possession where it was deemed actual possession. I, I think some of the times these people are getting involved in things and doing things and um, allowing themselves to be open. Or like I said, I think it's just a mental health thing. Like the Warrens preyed upon people with their mental health, um, their money problems. So um, I don't I don't think it really can be random. That's my own personal opinion. I agree with you. And I would love to do a, a deep dive into a case. Me too. Maybe one day we'll do a case deep dive. And I'm open to changing my mind about that. Just yeah. in my own personal experience and knowledge, there are certain things that need to be set and done in order for it to happen. Yeah, I'm not saying like there's no like random outliers because in any sort of um, empirical research, there's going to be outliers, but that's not going to be kind of like the main gist of things. So they could exist, but it's not like saying everyone is just completely random. No, I'm sure there are case studies where it just randomly happened to somebody. But once again, you know, why? Wrong place, wrong time. Like why why this person in the house? Is there something here? Like what, what is... Where someone trying to do something and summon something the wrong way. And I'm not even saying a demon. Like, you know, like, it's so funny because I watch like these ghosts. Uh, I watch a lot of paranormal shows and like mm-hmm. they always find the houses with like the witch's pentacle and the goat's head. And I'm like, I don't think these people were actually practicing witchcraft. I think they were just actually doing things in the wrong way and therefore opened themselves up to things because they don't understand. Right. Um, you know, people think like the goat's head and the pentacle is like Satan and evil and things like that. And it's like, you know, just because someone has it on their house doesn't mean they're like summoning demons and letting them. Yeah. Summoning the devil. Um, that's, that's a, a bone to pick I have with the paranormal community. And I hope one day, like I'm able to break in there because I would love to just, just reeducate on things. Um, not everything is as haunted, not everything is demonic and not Mm -hmm. everything is as spooky and scary as we want it to be, but then it doesn't make good TV. So I also get that too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'd probably be boring on TV. I'd probably be like, you know what? The spirits don't want to be filmed here. We have to go home, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know? Case closed. <laughs> Case closed. These are their Thank stories. You. <laughs> Thank you for watching these five minutes. Have a good day. <laughs> I'm done. But, um, you know, I find a lot of passion in re-educating about spirit communication and the things that exist out there. So yeah. I don't know, you know, what other people are teaching out there in the world, but. Not everything's that crazy. <laughs> Any other questions? Um, I think that was it for the questions. The other ones we really touched upon, like what is possession? Gotcha. Is it a form of divination? I would say no. Divination really is using tools to me. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's divination. <sighs> some people are asking me what are some safe ways to do it. Honestly, like I said, I don't think everybody is capable of being possessed. So like there's no way I could like even teach even if I could I probably wouldn't teach that anyway because it just seems really dangerous but um yeah you know I think if you have a calling for it and like an innate feeling that these things are for you you know so draw your own conclusions (laughs) draw your own conclusions I'm not telling everybody to go out there and start possessing okay don't do that no (laughs) nay nay don't summon something (laughs) please
Oh my gosh. You guys will be the next Ghost Host Hotline stories. <laughs> the demon inside your body will be typing to us. Exactly. I have successfully done possession, Chelsea, in 10. <laughs> but um, XOXO yeah. the demon. I mean, Chelsea. I mean, not demon. <laughs> But um, that's basically it. I had a really quick question for you um, because we were talking about mediums today. This might be this might be a hot take, but I this kind of sparked in my mind before we like ended the episode last week because of that email we got. Do you think? Oh, okay, I know what psychic mediums should be used in police cases and missing persons. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be a scorching take. Um (laughs) I'm just curious. I don't even think it's hot. I think it's on fire. <laughs> is it a scorching take though? If I think you're going to say what I want you to, well, not what I want you to say. Not what I want you. Sorry. I'm, I mean like what I know you're going to say. Cause I just know you as a person of like evidence and fact. Hmm. Critical thinker. Would say. Critical thinker. Would you say? Yeah. Um, one. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> How much of a hot potato is this take? I don't be? know. We already pissed people off. So I, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can they be used? Sure. It's not a yes or no. Okay. Are they going to be used in a court of law? Absolutely fucking not. Yeah. What? This is not the summer of 2023 going on 1692. You cannot use spectral evidence Mm -hmm. or some other BS in a court of law in any sense of the world. Even if it is public opinion, if somebody is coming with some BS evidence or no evidence at all, that's not how the judiciary system works, ladies and gents. Um, Back to the other thing of can they be used? Sure. Because it's not my decision. If I'm not the family involved, I don't think I should have an opinion on it. But I don't think that, let's say, a medium should be heading up the investigation. Maybe maybe we leave that to the people who are, you know, trained in that. And, you know, uh, trigger warning for just what's coming ahead that rhymes with further. Um, you know, last year with the murders going on, um, at that college with the house, with the four individuals getting killed, um, by, uh, the one individual and when he was still on the loose and they were still not really giving all of the evidence to everybody out there, you know, the police was kind of like, um, we should kind of keep this under wraps because people are losing their minds. Uh, people were taking it upon themselves to go on all forms of social media and refer to pendulums, tarot cards. And there was one instance that really stuck with me because it is still transpiring today, I believe. Um, One tarot reader, air quotes are heavily used, um, actually accused a professor at that university of killing these four students. I think it's important to note too, they are also BIPOC, right? I believe so. Do not quote me okay. on that. Um, I got to look it up now. I thought you said that to me, but it could be, we could be giving misinformation. Um, okay. This tarot reader was saying that these cards told her that this professor um, of the university had killed these four people and that she should be the main suspect. So what were people doing? These people found this individual. These people were harassing her to the point where her family was unsafe to the point where, you know, she had to make claims. I don't know if she had to go on leave, but it got to a really serious issue that um, a few months ago when, you know, 
the individual, this main suspect who is now under um, trial and everything, this woman came out against the tarot reader and is now suing her. So yeah, I also rebuke my last fact. It was false information. Strike it, was- it from the record. Strike it down. Okay. Your honor. Uh, but sorry. Um, this individual is now suing this tarot reader because of the harm that they caused. So yeah, you cannot just go out there and make all these crazy claims based on some BS evidence. So oh, yeah, it's it's it happens all the time. I see people channeling like celebrities the minute that they die mm-hmm. or trying to get involved in murder cases. And it's like real professionals and and critical thinkers don't do these things. <laughs> like no. I would never get on a live and say that I can find a missing persons. Mm-mm. That's insane. And you're also like derailing a whole entire police investigation by having people contact the police with your bullshit evidence. And it's like, yeah, I'm sorry, your tarot cards and your connection to the spiritual plane don't hold up in the court of law. You can't say my tarot card said so and so said none of that holds up in a court of law. And I think people absolutely have lost their minds. Like we as spiritualists in this community need to have some form of ethics of like, yeah, we can give the family closure, right? Say someone comes to me. And they're looking for closure, yes, right? I don't know anything different. about them. That's different. That's my job to provide closure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I agree with you on the mediums being involved in investigations. I think it should be an absolute last resort. I don't think psychic mediums, and I am one, can save the world. I don't think we have all of that spiritual knowledge and power. Um, I have seen a few cases where they have been pretty useful, but they were a last resort. Yes. They weren't involved in the investigations and families reached out to them because they had no other leads and were just yeah. looking for something. But I've also seen it go really south where like police have used psychic mediums and they've been on a wild goose chase ever since. Wasted resources. Yes. So can it be done? Sure. Should it be done? Probably not. And again, yeah. what is the evidence? Like I said before, this is not 1692. You cannot use spectral evidence. No. The judge will laugh at you and throw you out. It's like, it's not funny. It's also really funny because they were fucking accusing people of that shit in the Salem witch trials. I saw her soul fly out of her body. And it's like, what are we saying? Yeah. What are we saying? I'm going to need you to run that by me one more time. Holy Um, shit. But yeah, uh, it's a lot of this stuff today that. I don't think people realize that there are real life consequences. Um, <laughs> it's not ancient Greece or Rome where, you know, you would go to certain individuals for certain needs. This We have certain things in place for that now. But everybody, let's, let's put our critical thinking caps on and take the foil off. No longer yeah. look at that foil. <laughs> no, no. And if you see people channeling celebrities, oh, my God, just please block them. Like, that is my biggest pet peeve. Where someone was trying to say they were channeling Elvis. I'm like, yeah, the king Elvis is coming to you. This dinky tarot reader to be channeled. I, I, I always, my heart just hurts when it's like Marilyn Monroe. Like, oh my God, like leave this woman alone. She's been like villainized a- enough as a person when she was alive and now in death. It's like, oh my God, leave the dead alone. What's wrong with you people? It's different if like, you know, a Presley comes to you and wants to get a mediumship reading done. And yeah, Elvis shows up. Of course. I mean, that's fucking awesome. You ever see Tyler Henry? He channels for celebrities, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, he's like not, he's yeah. great. He's great. But it's like, you know, stop. Stop what you're doing. And let's think about this because this is unethical shit. And yeah, I agree with you. I don't think these things can be brought into a court of law. Oh, Chelsea said because the spirit told her that's insane. Can I, Your Honor? I'm. I'd like to call to witness said spirit. Yeah, only only Chelsea can see him though. But 
do I do I perform necromancy then and and <laughs> as a prosecutor like I don't know I don't know it really scares me to see like what goes on sometimes where I'm like what y'all doing just taking this w- shit way too far man and also like where is that in the tarot deck I where, there where a, do we find is, the murder card in tarot deck like where did is I that? Miss, did I miss that day how did she even I don't know use this woman like where is that and I would not I would not even know. And I love tarot. I couldn't even give what the tower. I don't fucking know. Like, what is that? There's a murder card. She did it. Is there an Oracle deck that's strictly murder based? Like, I don't know. I don't freaking know, man. Like, oh, my God. Tarot is so subjective. You can make that shit say anything if you want to, man. Well, uh, just look at our divination in their problems episode. <laughs> I know. Oh, I love divination, but you can make that shit bend to your will if you really are trying hard. Yeah, that thing, they'll do the can-can dance if you wanted to, but (laughs) honestly. (laughs) No, um, well, I think that's that's it for today's episode. I thought this was uh, something that did need to be touched upon because I'm like, why have we never talked about spiritual possession before? That should have been like the first episode. I know, right? After I see dead people. (laughs) Spiritual possession. I know, we need like a wailing voice in the background. Yeah. Um, that's basically it, but yeah, we have some readings open for August still. Um, I, oh, I forgot to tell you guys, I opened a new reading for paranormal activity diagnosis. So I know we've been talking about the paranormal a lot. A lot of you have reached out to me. Like, I think I have something in my house. I opened a service. You don't have to be on the phone with me. Um, I will connect to the energy of your home and commune with, with whatever is there. And I mean, whatever, you know, I'm up for it. I'm up for the tussle (laughs) Uh, for the tussle send them to the sun to kingdom come i will um so i opened that new service up i'm so excited i really just love talking about the paranormal and i love that we are continuing on the paranormal train um <laughs> it's such a good it's such a good right turn like i know we were on like the ancient greek train for a while but i'm ready i'm ready to talk about the warrens i want to talk about the salem witch trials like i want to talk about all the fun things oh yeah i'm reading a book right now for the salem witch trials i know so if i like it i will give some recs but cool. yeah I'm va- I'm so excited for spooky season. Get yeah, on the train. We're toot. getting geared up. I hope we have enough like like juice for spooky season because I feel like we're starting now. But you know what? Fuck it. Everyone, you know, we need to talk about these things. They're fine. Uh, we have enough spooky juice and thy name is Sprite. <laughs> You're right. Well, <laughs> thank you everyone for listening to us. We have, oh, we were trending in the top 33 for the US on Apple Podcasts. We're coming for the top charts. We're looking to take the Bible people down. It's not because I don't agree with them. It's because I want to be number one. I'm coming for you, Joel Osteen. I'm coming. (laughs) How cool would it be if like a Hellenic podcast was number one? Like we would be doing fucking bars. Oh, yeah. We're coming for you, Jesus. (laughs) I'm coming for you. Because you know what? Jesus is all right. Jesus, you can sit next to me. (laughs) Jesus is going to take a step down for us so we can make our way up the charts. A clear away. Jesus walks so Chelsea and 10 can run. (laughs) You know, I heard this. I told you this quote. Yes. And I'm going to end it on the podcast with this quote. It's a quote by Margaret Thatcher. But I was watching um, the quarterback show on Netflix, which if you're into football and quarterbacks, oh, it was excellent. They followed the three quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins, Mariota, um, Patrick Mahomes. But anyway, Kirk Cousins was on. He's a super religious man. um, But he told me this. He told he told me specifically this quote through the the document. He said, Chelsea, I know you're watching Netflix, but I needed it. I needed this quote lately. He said, um, the world can see me walk on water, mm-hmm. but then they would still say it's only because I can't swim. So if you're doing something incredible and amazing, 
There's always going to be people that are always going to like negate everything that you're doing. Yeah. Even if like there's immense amount of proof that you are amazing at what you do. Um, even like a quarterback, they're like, think about how much criticism they go under oh, from their own fan base. It's yeah. only because they're going to say, yeah, because he can't swim. That's why he's walking on water. There's always going to be something. Yeah. <laughs> so take that with you. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Six and Bones. Bye, everybody. Bye.